podcast is brought to you by You're the Best, a celebration of friendship, a collection of essays about the importance of female friendships in our lives by the Satellite Sisters. It's the perfect thank you gift for all the springtime celebrations, from showers to reunions to Mother's Day. Tell the Satellite Sisters in your life, you're the best. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Uh, Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica with two of my sisters, Julie Dolan. You're in Dallas, Texas, but I just saw you a few days ago right here in Southern California. Yes, we're going to explain that, Liz. But hey, do you know what the word of the day is today? It's COZE, C-O-Z-E. And you know what that means? To have a friendly chat. To have a friendly chat. So let's oh, so- close it up, okay? <laughs> let's close it up, sisters. Okay? We can close right now. Let's let's okay. have a close. Okay? Whose word of, whose word of the word. day is that? I don't know. It's on the internet. Co- <laughs> word of the day. You know? Oh, the internet. Okay. It's the internet's word. Okay. Lee and Dolan, you're in Pasadena, California. Speaking of internet, last week we got one of those weird Facebook things between us where Facebook tells you like how you met and what your friendship has meant to each other. <laughs> yes. I hate those. Can I just say I, I always turn those off? Well, I, I was intrigued by this one, Liz, because it came to me and basically it said, boy, you and Liz are good friends and here's why. And the first was a picture of a Mott's applesauce squeezy bottle. And I can't think yeah. of any reason why we would have taken that photo, what it had to do with the two of us. Like the thought of you and I squeezing a squeezy thing of applesauce into our mouths is inconceivable. And yet that was the glue that held our friendship together. So I felt compelled to post it. Well, it must be true because Facebook knows everything, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they know everything there is to know uh, about people. So we, but we really do have a very full satellite sisters for you today. Lee, Lee, and apparently last night you were at America's Got Talent. Are you going to tell us that you were competing? No, I'm not. I'm not dancing. Gonna, no, I'm not going to tell you of our dance troupe. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, our dance troupe was doing uh, 24 karat magic. There was one equally talentless group that of old ladies that was competing. I think our dance group would have done better, frankly. But I was, I've never seen the show, and it was completely unexpected that I was going to be there. So I will let you know how that happened. Okay. All right. Um, I have a little bit of an announcement to make about a new show that I'm working on. I got unmasked by people in the Satellite Sisterhood who got some of the, some of the original uh, teaser material, but I'll tell you about that. Julie, very full international news roundup coming. From yes, today. we're doing multiple countries. Yes, we're going around the world today. We've got news from all over the place. We're going to end with Italy, and there's some outstanding news coming out of Italy. Yeah. Oh, oh that's good. Um, I have some uh, an Operation Sea Turtle update, some good news, some bad news on Operation Sea Turtle. And then we have a segment that, well, I'll just call it Get Off Our Lawn because it's really <laughs> it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's just us talking about things that we just cannot adopt that are happening in the world. <laughs> and we may or may not be able to get on board with this. Uh, so uh, so there you have it. OK, Leon, does America have talent? What happened? <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. So a couple weeks ago, I got uh, a Facebook message from a high school friend of mine who had, you know, we had resurfaced on Facebook, reconnected. She's living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she was kind of cagey. She said, hey, I'm coming to Pasadena for a meeting. Um, Would you be able to, to meet at any time? And, but she had very limited hours. Like (laughs) I can only meet Saturday between four and five and like Tuesday morning between six and 7 a.m. So I didn't really think anything of it because again, I don't really know what she's been doing for the last 35 years. So (laughs) I was like, well, let me see if I can squeeze it in. And then that meeting was abruptly canceled. And then I got the same email last week, like, Hey, the trip to Pasadena is back on. I'm coming. Let's meet. So I, I'm excited to see her. You know, people talk about Facebook and blah, 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 but I enjoy the reconnecting with high school friends. That, that is a, that is a very fine feature. Yeah. I agree with that. 
And yeah. I, I live in a place in California. I, we grew up in Connecticut. I never run into high school friends. It's very rare. So this is the second time in a month that I am seeing someone, thanks to Facebook, that I have not seen in 35 years. So I go. I, I do a speech on Saturday. Thank you to the Panhellenic Alumni Association of South Bay. It was a lovely uh, Saturday all day with the women there who do great work and raise a lot of money for scholarship funds. So when I come back, I race back to Pasadena. Go to pick her up for our, you know, scheduled 55 minutes together. And she said, you look exactly the same. And I said, I look, you, you, she looked exactly the same. So good news. We had not aged in 35 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's true. Yes. I'm I'm convinced that that's true of all of us. So finally I said, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm on America's Got Talent. She was on America's Got Talent. Yes. And she's your age? Yes. Yes. She's my age. Yes. We went to, yeah, we went to high school together. So you may have seen some of her work because it's been posted on the Silent Sisters Facebook page. She is a balloon artist that created a giant balloon unicorn named Conrad, like a larger than life unicorn. (laughs) This is real, Leanne. This is is real, Jill. Or is this another show? Is this like truth or consequences? (laughs) No. She really is a balloon artist? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. She's a balloon artist, giant unicorn. Okay, yes. Carrie. That's okay. what I mean. Right. It's so wacky. Yes. So she is competing. She tells me she's competing on America's Got Talent. And it tapes right in Pasadena. The It's in the audition phase now. So I can't say a lot about it, but I can tell you that. And it's right there at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. She's staying right there. Uh, and so we have our one hour together. We catch up super quick. Oh, oh. so what have the last 35 years been like? And then I have to drop her off because she has to go start tying balloons. I mean, her, quote, <laughs> meetings are like, it takes like literally 20 hours to put this creation together. And all the. How like, big is this unicorn? Like, it's like length. 10 feet tall. Okay, Julie, I'm looking at it right now on uh, on Google. Like, if you just Google um, balloon Conrad unicorn. the Unicorn is the name. Conrad Con- the Unicorn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made by Carolyn. Yeah, yes. yeah, here it is. Yes. The, so, that's, uh, so Carolyn and I were like doubles partners together on the tennis team. And then, I mean, <laughs> and then... And then, as she reminded me yesterday before she went on a nationally televised show, she said, the last time I was on stage was when we were both munchkins in our high school production. (laughs) (laughs) So she's prepared. That's good. (laughs) So so I said, you know, I have never seen the show. So I'm like, so what do you do? You tie the balloons on stage? She said, no, she had 90 seconds to do a dance number in the Conrad costume uh, to the music Cake by the Ocean. Because another, oh. <laughs> you want to see it now? Oh my God! This counts as talent. This is yes. good news. This Liz, is good news. Liz, this is talent. Believe me, she was good compared to some of the others. She was top notch, like compared to the comedian we saw. Um, so, so at the last minute, like in Monday afternoon, she says, "I have four tickets. Do you, do you want to go?" And I. I couldn't rally anyone. Like my son's home from spring break, but he had plans. My husband couldn't get home. So I went by myself to a taping of America's Got Talent because I have to see her. Now, if you've ever been to a TV show taping, you know, they take forever. So <laughs> even though the show is only an hour, we had to get there at seven. I didn't get home till 1130 last night, but it was worth it. And, you know, it was kind of a hot, it was a cold What was it? It was a windy, like dry day yesterday. Yes, it was allergy. super windy here last night. Yeah. yeah. Does that affect the Conrad? Well, it affected me, Julie, because I was like, oh, I can't put in my contacts. And there was a strict dress code. We're going to talk about dress codes later. But I did not wear leggings and I wore just like black and my glasses. I sort of like put some makeup on, but not really. And it only matters because, of course, I was seated in the family and friends section. And I'm sure, pretty sure I'll be in every reaction shot, (laughs) which is not what I expected at all. So... So, and the judges are Simon Cowell and Mel B mm-hmm. from the Spice Girls, Heidi Klum, who I can okay. tell you is extraordinary in person. I mean, there's just is not she? even words for her. She, she's so beautiful. And then Howie Mandel, who just kept opening that can of stale jokes. And, yeah. and <laughs> so, 
<laughs> the whole thing was wacky. Anything counts as talent. We had a ballet dancer. There was a there was a hip hop dancer, like a big guy hip hop dancer. There was kind of a Hawaiian singing group. There was a really really bad comedian who somehow well I can't tell you the results, but just they were shocking to me. Uh, the there was an old lady kazoo band, and they were terrible. And then. <laughs> <laughs> it's really terrible and kind of obnoxious. And uh, so Carolyn had told me she was at the end. So we're, we, I'm waiting and waiting. And finally, like just near the end, out comes Conrad the unicorn. And she was very good on stage about not saying, well, I'm a balloon artist. And Simon was asking her all these questions ahead of time. But then she went backstage and she puts on the costume and she comes out. And there was just a giant cheer from the crowd because you hear balloon artists you do not expect an, an 11 foot unicorn <laughs> and i was really whooping it up then because i realized i was the lone representative for her in the audience and you know the good, people Leanne, behind her, me had, you're sticking like, up for your teammate there you go she was your, your tennis yes, partner good yeah. good work Flying tigers, go flying tigers. So I can't tell you the results. It's you have to get a couple of yes votes, three yes votes to move through. At any time they can ding you, like in the middle of a performance, they let off this ridiculously loud, like eh, noise. So the kazoo yeah. women, they did not even make it through like thirty seconds of their <laughs> performance. Thank that seems about right. That seems right. Yeah. <laughs> so. That restores my confidence in the word talent. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what happened to Conrad after the after the big audition? You know, I don't know. Well, she I texted with her this morning. She's on her on route to LAX. She said Mel B took home um, a giant the giant balloon cupcake. So <laughs> I don't know what I mean. It's a one time shot with the balloons, you know. So uh, yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they brought him somewhere. I don't, I don't know what happens to him. They put him down. Yeah, she's not going to get that in the overhead compartment on the yeah. way home. No, no, way. no. no. <laughs> But the whole, I tell you, the first, I was sitting in the hours and hours before it started taping, I got to know grandpa next to me. And he said, oh, my granddaughter singing. And I said, oh, that's nice. And oh, 13-year-old singing, that's good. Well, then she came out and she was <laughs> like 12 members of her family. She told the world's saddest story about oh. why she was there. We're all crying, Liz. I'm crying. I don't know these people. <laughs> the camera's on us. People are sobbing. Then she sings. There's more tears. Her cousins are crying. I was like, this is really an emotional show, Consid especially considering Howie Mandel's on it. <laughs> so, so it was wacky. And I will tell you, the live shows start going like May 30th. So this will be the audition phase. They do all the pre-tape ones. And so I'll fill you in. I don't know when it will be on, but I'm sure Carolyn will tell me. They kind of chop up. They couldn't give us an air date for this particular audition because they kind of chopped them up. But there you go. It was totally worth it. Fun to reconnect with the satellite sister. When people kept saying, like, why are you here? Well, my friend, what does she do? She's a balloon artist. There was a lot of <laughs> lot of. So, but, but I think that's, I think being something unique, like a balloon artist is a better angle in this kind of thing than trying to be a comedian. Cause you're never going to be as funny as actual professional comedians, right? No, but you might be as good as every other balloon artist. Yes. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's possible. So, no. And I, she said the message of Conrad is to sp spread joy and you cannot see you not, cannot see Conrad without smiling. And that is 100% true because <laughs> a giant unicorn comes dancing on the stage to Cake by the Ocean. Everyone is smiling. How Every did she get into Did Do you have a chance to like get into her history of balloon I, I didn't have a chance, Liz, because, again, we just had this like one 50-minute reunion. And in yeah. which case, she's from Ann Arbor. So what does she want to do? She wants to see the Rose Bowl. So we had to go see the Rose yeah. Bowl. You know, we <laughs> we tried to jam as much catching up as we could do in in 55 minutes. But uh, I'll be talking to her okay. throughout this process. So well, uh, we hope that I hope we get to the, the rounds where the, uh, you know, where America gets to vote and we were all going to vote for Conrad. That's okay, for sure. good. Yeah, I don't know. Is okay. that how it works? I literally have no I, idea. I, have, so. I, I don't know. I assume yeah. I think there must be some voting. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't under, I don't know either. So. <laughs> So it was really fun. It was really fun. That's all I can say. And I can tell you okay. some some of America has got talent. Others, <laughs> <laughs> others not so much. 
All right. right, Well, well, speaking of talent, Sister Liz, you have a big announcement about uh, your own show that you right? I guess I do, Julie. You know, I uh, yesterday there was a post in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group from Aaron, and Aaron asked the question, "Did I miss the show when Liz makes the big announcement about her new show?" And Aaron, no, because this is this show. Today is this show. So, but you asked just in the nick of time. And mainly, I want to tell people about this, but I also want to reassure you at a certain level. So, starting next week, I am going to be, in addition to, of course, being on Satellite Sisters, I'm going to be on a new show that is career advice. Uh, the concept of this show is that the when you're you know for relationship advice you have lots of places you can turn but when you're trying to make like a workplace decision like this is going crazy at work what should i do you can't really talk to your colleagues about it because they are the crazy ones or that's there's politics involved in that and your family for as loving as they are they don't really know what your workplace environment is like so where can you turn for advice, particularly about the people issues at work. Where could you turn for advice about that? So that's the show that has been created here. The title of the show is I Hate My Boss. <laughs> so, I love that title, Liz. I love it because like I think, it? I mean, we've, it's, a, it's a topic that we've been talking about on Satellite Sisters for years, bad bosses. I mean, they, they, they're out there, Liz. You know that. So yep, uh, I know that. Uh, so I think, and you give great career advice, you know, to your family members, right? So I think well, you're going to be good. I guess I do. I don't think of myself as an advice giver, but they came to me to work on this show. And the creator of the show is someone that I've worked with in my past. And so I said to him, you know, I'm not really an advice giver. And he said, well, of course you are. Didn't you notice at work? Everyone always came to you for advice. And honestly, I never really noticed that. But apparently that's true. So the idea of the show, it's I hate my boss. And, but it's not just about hating your boss. And it's definitely not about hate. It's really about how to love your work more, how to have positive personal relationships in the, work, in the workplace. Because we all spend so much time at work. Really, if we could all just get along, you would almost whatever your job is, you would like it a lot more if you had a friendly, collegial, fun workplace environment, right? Yeah, yeah well, it would be sure. better than a bad boss, right. hostile, <laughs> you know, yeah. passive-aggressive group of people that you're working with. Yeah, exactly. I, I think and people, the people think, well, this is a great job, you know, looking at a job on paper, but it's only a great job if you're in an environment where you can enjoy yourself and do well. Anyway, so I'm one of the hosts. The other host is actually qualified for this job. (laughs) The other host is a guy named Larry Seal, and he's an executive coach. So he actually gives this kind of advice for a living. And he's done it with all kinds of people, including, you know, executives from Google, Google and Disney and Lucasfilm and people like that. And he is super nice. He is a true satellite mister. You're going to like him. And so essentially... It's the two of us, but then, and you can call in with your questions, more on that in a second, but what makes this show kind of unusual, or very unusual, is that every other show, there's a scripted comedy segment kind of in the middle of the episode that is based on a fictional ad agency that we're calling Pen and Pencil, and so each of the characters in this scripted comedy are meant to be a reference to people that you would know in real life, like the passive-aggressive co-worker or the super-controlling boss or the egomaniac, very charming but takes credit for all your work. So we have sort of a cast of characters where those people, so you'll probably recognize some of that behavior from your own workplace, and then there's Larry and I, and occasionally we'll, every other show will also do an interview with, you know, what they call a thought leader in this world. So in the very first show, I interview Jim Citrin, who is the CEO of Spencer Stewart, which is the huge executive recruiting uh, agency. So, you know, I think 
I think it's really going to be fun. I wasn't so sure when I got talked into trying this that that I was going to like it, mainly because I wasn't sure I wanted to give advice. It just makes you so responsible for people, and I'm over right. that. Right. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but Larry fully embraces that part of the job. So I think between Larry and I, uh, we're really going to have some fun. So he gets to be like the Mr. Advice Giver, and I try to be the color commentator and fill in with colorful anecdotes from my own working life. All so, right, Liz, so here's a question. If you call in, do you, how much do you have to identify yourself or your the company, the workplace that you work for? I you mean, do not. You oh, do you not. don't? Okay, uh-huh. so I nope. can just call in as Julie, and, you know, I don't have to identify uh, my, yes. my workplace. Okay. You don't well. even have to be Julie. In fact, I'll tell you. Well, there, there is, by the way, a hotline, because we want those kinds of calls. The people, the people that want to remain anonymous, those are going to be the more interesting calls, wouldn't you say? So we have a hotline. We will post this also in the Satellite Sisters show notes. Uh, but the hotline is 424 424- Two two four five seven one one. Okay, and, Liz, uh, Liz, you have a hotline now. That's great. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> it, and if you just want to email us, it's I hate my boss at wondery dot com. And again, I'll, I will post all of that. But it's funny that you mentioned that, Julie, because we have had to tape some shows in advance of having an actual audience. So how do you get people to call in when you're not actually on the air yet? The first two episodes drop, as the kids say, next Monday, April 3rd. So, But we've already created four shows. So we had to kind of get people to call in with real dilemmas, but not from listening to the show. So Leon and I were talking about this last week. Leon, you mentioned someone in the Satellite Sisterhood who you thought might need a little counseling. Right. I noticed that on her Facebook page, she had posted a few vague things about how things weren't going well at work. I said, oh, you should reach out to her. Sounds like she's got a situation in the office. So she has a total situation. So I reached out to her. I will, I will not use her name, but I'm going to promote, uh, besides the fact that she's in the Satellite Sisterhood, she's also one of the history chicks. So we often recommend her podcast. You really, really should listen to uh, the podcast, The History Chicks. Uh, it's really fun and interesting. Anyway, so I back-channeled to her, like, hey, uh, Leon suggested you might have an issue. I've got this new show can you help me out? Would you be willing to call in? So at last Friday's taping, she actually called in and we got to have a conversation with her. And her scenario is just like one of those classic kind of if you saw it on a sitcom, you would think it was hilarious. But when it's happening to you in real life, it is just not funny. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a reason why so many sitcoms are based in workplaces. You know, it's because they are both dramatic and comedic and there's loyalty and betrayal and burnout and fear and love. And so we're hoping to be able to play with all of that. So um, I hope we did a good job answering her question. You guys who are who are Satellite Sisters fans. Like, I suspect you've got plenty of your own issues. So that's why I will have all of the call-in information and email information on our website. It would really, really be helpful to us in the beginning if you could um, share some of your workplace dilemmas. Because also, I don't want them to be all, you know, sometimes people call in with, like, like super petty things where mm, I can't really help you with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking to Liz Dolan. If, if, if it's a teeny tiny thing, don't bring it up with us. Okay. Liz also big, the big issues. Okay. Also, you know, we can't give you legal advice so that we're not going to do that. So if you, if it's a problem, you should really be talking to an employment lawyer about, uh, you know, we don't really want to weigh in on things like that. Uh, so, but I think it will be really fun. As I say, April 3rd is when our first two shows come out and it's the second show of every, um, period that will be the Q and a show. So if you subscribe to the show, that would be really helpful for us too, because we want to, but, but, but the spirit of the show is you're trying to make the workplace work, you know, not exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I I mean, you, you guys know me. I've always pretty much loved my job. 
And, you know, some of my best friends are people that I've worked with. And I think that's true of most people. You know, when we were, it's funny, when we were interviewing co-hosts for me, there were a bunch of possible co-hosts that were like, oh, yeah, everyone hates their boss. And I'm like, well, no, they don't. I mean, having been a boss for a lot of my career, I just, I just reject the premise that everyone hates their boss. And then, then this one guy said, well, okay, maybe they don't always hate their boss, but everyone hates their job. I'm like, well, no, that's not true either. So he is not my co-host. <laughs> that's what Simon Cowell would have said. Okay, it was sort of a little bit of that, Leanne. Yeah, that, you know, the idea is, I mean, work can be satisfying and fulfilling and fun, and you can meet some of your favorite people in the world at the workplace because it's intense. I mean, that's why there are phrases like, oh, she's my work wife or he's my work husband because these relationships are really intense. You spend more time with work people often than you do with your own family. So why not make it, you know, a positive, fun experience? So... That's the idea. Um, you know, this will be a show that we do. Uh, it's like for the next 26 weeks, you'll get you'll get a new show every Monday. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. But the, of course, okay. that's, that's in addition to uh, to Satellite Sisters. And you'll see that my job title, Larry has an actual company. His executive coaching business is called Engaged Leadership. Because but because you know, that's not currently what my role is, a like one affiliation. My job title uh, on the show that I gave myself is uh, Boss Emeritus and Satellite Sister. So that's what I am. <laughs> okay, Liz. Good. Well, Leanne, we'll, we'll listen, right? And we, oh, may review sure. it. we may review the show on an upcoming. Yeah, we're um, going to do episode. recaps of your show. Maybe that's oh, what that we was... should do. <laughs> Julie and I should do recap podcasts of Liz's show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so let me just apologize in advance for people that aren't going to like this. But the first episode, I am going to drop that into the Satellite Sisters feed maybe maybe this weekend. Maybe that's what you'll get instead of a new-to-you show, just so that you can sample the show. So it will come out of the blue, but I'm just warning you now. You'll hear a little intro from Larry and I explaining to the Satellite Sisterhood what the show is, and then you'll get the episode. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Sir, recap it. Great. Or you know what you could do? You could call the hotline and anonymously complain about me as your colleague. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can call in. Maybe we'll hear from Sheila and Monica. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, they. I'm sure they have some grievances they've been storing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Our main complaint okay. about you, Liz, is that you make us do stuff. So I don't know. That's kind of your boss's job. So, well, Liz made us do this. <laughs> she was right. We had to do it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of calling in, moving on. Um, I have sort of a customer service thing that I got myself into last week. And it, it was, so here, here's the story. The, uh, we, the, our extended Dolan family and all of our cousins, we are planning a family reunion for this summer and everyone's excited, right? It's going to be good. Yes. Yeah. But I am doing some of the hosting of this family reunion. So I have already started on my work back schedule for the uh, for the August family reunion, starting on things that I need to do to be ready to host one of the big events that are part of the reunion, which involves, of course, my backyard and making sure things are good to go out there and can accommodate uh, the family. So my uh, my outdoor cushions on my outdoor furniture there have been totally trashed. Leon, you've you've seen it. It's yeah. like I think I think I get five good years out of the cushions, and that's really enough. That's all you can expect. So I was in Bend last weekend, and I went to Target three times. Well, I went to Target and Home Depot and Lowe's and to find the right cushions that fit, because of course the cushions I had had been discontinued. Whatever. So I found what I wanted at Target, but they didn't have enough at the store. So I ordered them online. And every chair takes two pillows. Sorry I'm explaining this in so much detail, but it's key to the story. Every chair takes two pillows, and I have six around the outdoor table and then two additional chairs. So I needed uh, eight chairs times two pillows. So I went online to Target, and I ordered 16 pillows uh, in two different colors. Then three days later, I get an email from Target confirming that, okay, it's coming, very excited. 
and I'm like, oh wow, this is great. This is fast, and it was good. And I, but then I clicked open the the detail on the email, and I saw that each of the sixteen pillows were coming in a separate package. Oh. I was gonna get, I was gonna get sixteen deliveries, Leanne. Oh god. <laughs> now, and this is to a house that I don't live in, right? So, so it's an issue because of that. Anyway, because this is up in Bend, Oregon. And so, like, 16, why am I getting, and at first it appeared that each one had six pillows in it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting six times 16 pillows. <laughs> so I, like, urgently get on the line with the, the Target hotline, mm-hmm. and I'm explaining to this woman what my issue is. And she's like, no, 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 it's not, don't worry, it's not six by 16. You're just getting your 16 pillows. I'm like, but I'm getting my 16 pillows in 16 different packages. She's like, yes, it appears that's, yes, you are. <laughs> and she said, well, that's because, you know, we send them from whatever distribution center we have. And in the case of what you ordered, and she starts to explain, like, logistics to me. And I'm like, you can stop right there. I know, I, I understand. I like your Do not explain a logistics <laughs> to Liz Dolan. Right. I just, you know, I under I understood what was happening. I just disagreed with what was happening. So then, so of course she had to escalate me to the manager. And uh, so then I'm explaining to the manager, like, really, here's what I just want to go on record as saying, this is a wasteful way of filling my order. Because they want you to know that, well, this is the most efficient way for us to do it. And I'm like, well, it's not really efficient if I'm getting... 16 different boxes shipped to me that's 16 airplanes, 16 (laughs) delivery trucks, 16, you know, and I don't want to challenge your logistics computer, but really you only keep one cushion in in each of your, in each of your distribution centers. That seems like a flaw in your system to me. So how long were you on the phone with this manager? (laughs) But here's what I did. I totally dug myself into a hole because then she got to a point like, well, what is it exactly that you want? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. And she didn't say it that way, but that's kind of where the conversation led. Like, okay, I, how, what can I do for you? And, and I'm like, because when she explained to me, oh, this was supposed to make me feel better, that all 16 boxes, they were going to come on the same truck. So, so the they would all be delivered at the same moment by the same truck, because that was the way that their highly efficient system uh, works. And uh, so, and that was supposed to make me feel better that, that at least it wasn't 16 different planes and 16 different trucks. It was just 16 different packages. So, but she kind of painted me into a corner, like, what would you like us to do? <laughs> uh oh. And there was really nothing. She was right about that. Like, I just wanted to be heard on the fact that, you know, that much packaging and that many, it just didn't make sense to me. And I said, well, I would just like you to pass along to the management at your company that I really do care about creating this level of waste from a simple order of some backyard cushions. And if they could understand that that's probably important to people in addition to me, I guess that's my goal with this phone call. She's like, okay, I would be very happy to do that. I will pass that along. But it was totally unsatisfying because it meant that like, I wasn't right about anything. I wasn't, she wasn't wrong about anything. Anyway, so that's what happened. So luckily Monica was in Bend this weekend and sure enough, on Saturday, 16 different packages arrived. Oh my gosh. Sure, Doesn't Monica enjoyed breaking down those boxes. Yeah. Oh, no. I told her she didn't have to. Okay. <laughs> I, I said, please do not even feel like you need to open them. Just Well, at least you got 16 out of 16 packages. You didn't get 14 out of 16, you know, right. which could have That's happened. That's true. Yeah. But I haven't opened them, so I don't know what's in them, Julie. So do, oh. not assume, do not assume it's correct. But anyway, it was just like a... I understand why their logistics system automatically did this. But I wanted them to understand that from a customer point of view, that's not necessarily the right solution. Sometimes there's a higher level than efficiency here and maybe not mailing 16 different packages. So there you go. It was just a customer service. I very rarely call any of these customer people because I, I, I know that whatever. But I did, and it was not entirely satisfying. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you want to win and you really can't win. Sometimes well, it's they have the option to deliver to the store for pickup, but I don't know if that would have solved the 16 boxes. Yeah. You know, some stores do that. So I don't know if that's a more efficient way, like deliver to your local Target. But yeah, Liz, you you made your voice heard, Liz. You made your voice heard. Resist. (laughs) Resist packaging, Liz. I'm proud of you. But Good for you, Liz. Glad you had your moment. I had my moment with the customer service representative this weekend as well, because uh, as those, those of you that are on our Facebook group page know that somehow... I was out in California and I was sitting next to sister Liz Dolan there and we were practicing our live uh, Facebook uh, uh, webcast. I guess that's what it's called, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That we're going to use for the weekend of April 22nd when all five sisters are there. And we assure you that there's going to be better lighting and better sound. We were just testing it out, but I was out in California. I wouldn't assure them of either of those two things. (laughs) No. Okay. I don't, unless you're providing better lighting and better sound. No, no. Okay. 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 It's just going to be about, it's going to be sort of dark, dark and stormy, just like it was Uh there. Good. Good. Okay. Good customer service, Liam. <laughs> Set low expectations. Yes, not over the promise, really. Okay. So I, um, I was with my husband. We were in Central California. We were traveling southbound. We were coming to see Liz on the west side of Cal- uh, of Los Angeles, and I just want everyone in the Satellite Sisterhood to know. Um, that I had to invoke the 405 sibling rule, which is when I come to California, it was a really quick trip, and I only sent out a, a notification of my visit to the siblings, or in this case, the sibling that lives closest to the 405 freeway mm-hmm. because that's yeah. that's all I was going to be able to see. Now, dear Leon, I, I sent you an apology text. You know, I didn't want you to feel badly that I had come to town and didn't see you. I did not call Sheila. I did not call my brother Brendan because they do not live close to the 405. Right. And I knew I only had a couple of hours and there was really no point of asking you on a Friday afternoon to uh, spend four hours trying to get from Pasadena over to Santa Monica. That's right? true. So, That's true. Thank okay. you. We, yeah, we All would right. have said well, no, and I appreciate it. And if for yes, so thank you. Okay, so that's the four hundred five, the Dolan four hundred five sibling rule. That just that whoever you're. I only visit the people if you're on my if if you're on that freeway. Like well, next time. Convenient. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So there we are. My husband and I, we're traveling southbound on the five. We're, we're planning to meet up with Liz. We're in a Kia Sonata. It's burnt orange. Okay. It's a really ugly uh, color. And we are just humming along. We're in the diamond lane because we have two passengers in our car. We feel like we're going to make it to, uh, to the to, uh, to Marina Del Rey in time to meet Liz for dinner. And but lo and behold, someone starts pointing and beeping their horns. We have a giant flat tire. We are in like the fast lane and we have a bad flat tire. Somehow my husband gets the car off the off the freeway. We roll into a gas station right by Magic Mountain. And, you know, we can't even find the um, the spare tire. I, it's, I, it was underneath the car. Okay. We're looking all in the back compartment. We can't find it. So I call the customer ser- ser- Hertz customer service number. I feel like, well, maybe they'll show up. They'll change the tire for us. And we'll be at, back on our way. So I call their one, you know, 800 number. And the first thing the customer service rep says to me, are you safe? Are you safe? That's what she wants to know, okay? Mm-hmm. Which I just thought was such a kind and considerate thing. It totally disarmed me because I was really mad that we had a flat tire in the rental car, you know? We're trying to make it there. And so, but she switched the conversation because she said, are you safe? You know, I thought she cared about our situation, mm-hmm. but, but she didn't even know where we were. You know, she said, can you tell me your location? I said, well, I'm by Magic Mountain. Well, I, she's like in Georgia or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that really wasn't that helpful. So this nice personal conversation I had going with, with this rep, it was, it was like deteriorating. And then it went further deteriorated because she didn't really care if I was safe because in order for them to show up, they were going to charge me seventy nine ninety five to to change to show up to uh, uh, you know assess the situation. 
Well, I just, so they don't really feel like I'm safe. So we ended up changing our own tire, but she did make me also listen to a pre-recorded warning about that I would have to be filing an incident report about this uh, flat tire when I returned the car. So I, you know, it was just, it was like a customer service call that had started so well yeah. and just yeah. ended I just didn't. She said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I was like, no, you just. No, you didn't my do anything life. for me. You didn't do anything for me. I hate when they say that at the end. I know. You, you, broke you satisfied with the service I provided today? Well, you didn't provide any service. So no, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is why I don't call them. And they're obviously trained to ask if you're safe and you yes. can understand why, you know, right. people in a roadside, if they've been in an accident or something, they want you to call the police, not them, which I understand, right. or an ambulance, 911. But, right. uh, but then once they realize you're safe, they don't care about you at all? Is that no, not, not one bit. Then they want the money and you get the pre-recorded message. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I did get a very nice, Julie texted me, Lynn, texted me a picture of the flat tire <laughs> on the burnt orange car. Yeah, it was a hideous car. Yeah. Oof. 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 That's a that's a manly place to change a tire right there near Magic Mountain. It's a steep I I, I just well, climb. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, really, good for him. Good for we, him. He was safe. I, there were moments where I thought that, you know, the car was gonna tip over with the jack, yeah. but he did a fine job. Fine yeah. job. All right. Okay. Yeah. Are you safe? Just remember that. When anytime you screw up, just ask the other person, like, are you safe? It just makes them feel, you know, it just Changes the topic. There we mm-hmm. go. It throws oh, them well, off I'm their surprised, game. I'm surprised the customer service agent didn't ask, are you wearing leggings? Are you wearing <laughs> leggings? I don't. We can't, we can't help you if you're wearing leggings. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So what do you think about the leggings, Liam? What do you think? Well, first of all, I feel like we've been debating about leggings since the, you know, since the <laughs> early 2000s about are leggings pants? Are they appropriate? Are they this? Are they that? And uh, secondly, like, just as a country now, we just have so much triggered outrage that, like, yes. in a second, something can become this giant thing, you know? Yes. So, which... It is, used, that is amazing. That is amazing. Yes. How which, yeah, which used to just be handled, like, as an incident between two or three people that would be resolved rather quickly, you know? Now it's like, you must have an opinion this instant, even though you only have maybe 5% of the facts. Uh, so if you don't know what we're talking about this weekend, some passengers were turned away to a couple of girls, three girls turned away United, uh, gate. They were flying on United free pass tickets. They were employees, daughters, and they were not up to the United dress code, which kind of states no leggings or no inappropriate clothing, I guess. And, uh, so the girls were forced to change their pants. One had to put a, dress over it. It, You know, somebody who has a big Twitter following happened to be on the same flight and was like live tweeting this incident, even though she didn't know that they were on the employee passes, which has a dress code as opposed to the rest of America, which flies in their pajamas. So, (laughs) so, you know, I, first of all, I think dress codes are fine. If there's a dress code, you should abide by it. There was a dress code last night at America's Got Talent. We had to abide by the dress code. So yeah, they don't want to see you on TV in your pajamas. Yeah. No. They want, right. they want people to get a little bit dolled up. Yeah. No hoodies, I, I no baseball everybody, I think everybody on airplanes should be wearing more clothes. more clothes. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Just long sleeves, long pants, please. It's It's crazy what people are wearing. It's crazy. Like, I don't understand. I see a lot of people either going to or coming from Hawaii where we are, which I know is beautiful and everything, but like, like literally wearing like flip-flops and bathing suits on the plane. It's an eight hour flight. Like, they see them walking through LAX in January in flip-flops. And I I just, just don't understand. I mean, there are a lot of people that wear pajamas on planes now, like truly pajama bottoms and things like that. Listen, I, I the legging thing, I, I see, you know, I know if you're a teenage girl, you're just going to wear them. That's what they wear. They wear them at a higher rate than jeans and everything like that. But I think there's just like casual and too casual. It's just, to me, it's a question of that. Like, Dress up a little. Flying used to be a big deal. Going out in public used to require some amount of effort, you know? <laughs> you know? 
And if the parents knew the dress code, they should have enforced it. Right. They should have enforced it. I don't think it was fair to make the gate agent out as the big goat. She was just trying to do her job, right? Right. That was right. And they're uh, allegedly they're reminded of this dress code uh, requirement for these free airline passes on a regular basis. So it wasn't like she was just invoking some rule that was that's never in play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think there's an argument to be made that the dress code is outmoded. If you know, if leggings are what teen girls or these were preteen girls, right, right, are wearing yeah. most of the time, like is to, should maybe the dress code should reflect modern times a little bit more that this is a fundamental piece in an 11 year old's wardrobe. Right. But, right. You know, but yes. your your position is the dress code is what the dress code is. And if you're going to get the free ticket. Just follow the rules. Right. I mean, I, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy over leggings because they're seen as like, you're trying to sexualize 11 year old girls. But on the flip side, as the mother of boys, I can't tell you how many times I had to force my sons back into the house and put on a collared shirt, put on a collared shirt. Like, so to me, it's not really a question of appropriate or inappropriate. It's slightly too casual for the circumstance. So just, you know, put on something else, but put you know, put on a collared shirt. I think it's the equivalent of that. It's just a question of you know. Uh, so for me, it's not a it's not a thing like ooh, it looks too scandalous. It's just casual or not, ca- you know, too casual or appropriate for the circumstance. But I was just well, a- I did I did enjoy the fact it's when the the outrage machine. You're right, that's yeah. ridiculous. But it's when the other airlines started piling on that I started to enjoy it. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, when Delta started tweeting, hey, come over here. You can wear your leggings on our flight. Sure. Be, be as comfortable as you want over here. Purposely confusing the issue that it wasn't really about what you could wear on the plane. No, it wasn't. It's about that there is a different set of rules for these people that are flying free as part of the, the company family. But I I enjoyed the opportunism <laughs> by the, the other airlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though you're right, Liz. The legging boat, it, it, that ship has sailed. Like, it's left, it's not going back into the gate. You're not going to stop people from wearing an incredibly comfortable, you know, clothing. So you do need to update those. But at times, it's not, they're not always appropriate. <laughs> no, I know. And now, yeah. because the style is the sheer leggings with big sheer panels in the leggings, I don't know. <laughs> Just more, more clothes, people. Just in general, that would be some my layers. Put some layers on. No, airplanes are so cold. Put a sweater on. That's I... what our mother would say. <laughs> most teen girls look freezing all the time they're in the little (laughs) leggings and the tank tops and flip-flops and they're nothing (laughs) just look freezing (laughs) uh hey speaking of luggage are we speaking of going away yeah i know a bunch of you are coming to our um big event at uh in santa monica on april 22nd and we will be giving away one of those great away carry-on bags it arrived this week so i have it it's a beautiful sand color i want to keep it but i already have one for me so thanks to away for providing that as a giveaway these are these hard-sided bags and they have great um interior pocket designs who can really help you organize your clothes they're lightweight get them in and out you can charge your phone right in the top of the bag which is a great uh, a great uh, thing to have when you're traveling and stuck in airports a lot or stuck in weird places and you need a cell phone maybe to call AAA to come fix your um come fix your <laughs> tire are you safe are you safe are you safe <laughs> so thanks to away for providing that bag and their website if you want to check out the bags is awaytravel.com all right Hey, well, as we're going to continue to travel in this segment of the podcast because we're going to do an international uh, news roundup now. And I, some just great stories come from all around the world. And let's just start with Russia. Now, as you know, I lived in Russia. It was over 10 years ago. But when I lived in Russia, at least they were pretending to have a democracy. But now the, the current situation in Russia is so bad that they are not even pretending to be a democratic nation. You know, I mean, there are three incidents in the last couple of weeks that just lead me to this conclusion. Um, Several, two or three weeks ago, a Russian critic of the uh, Putin regime died very mysteriously after falling from his fourth floor apartment window while he was trying to install, allegedly install a hot tub. 
Okay. I don't think that's possible that you would have a hot tub on your fourth floor um, of your um, Russian apartment. But so he was, he had a terrible accident. So, you know, he was a big critic of the Putin regime. He's now out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Another former Russian lawmaker was shot dead, you know, broad daylight outside a fancy hotel in Kiev, uh, again, because he had, uh, was, was criticizing the Putin regime. So they just shot him. That's what happens, you know, uh, when you're in Russia. I guess they're out of poison. They, they're out of poison they're, right they're now. They're cooking up so. a new batch of the poison, so they, but they have plenty of bullets. Right. They have bullets. They're just, you know, pushing people out of windows. And this past weekend, there was a demonstration. Um, thousands of people took to the streets in Moscow and other cities in Russia to uh, protest the corruption um, in the Russian government. And hundreds of people were arrested, including the leader of this protest. And he was thrown in jail. Okay. And he was given a 15 day sentence for resisting arrest. I mean, that it's just, they are, they're not even allowing, you know, any kind of criticism of the government or, you know, they're not allowing leaders. As soon as someone emerges, this Alexei Navalny, who is, you know, a leader of the Russian opposition, as soon as they, you know, emerge as a leader, they're, you know, they're put in jail. So Russia's not even trying. I mean, there used to be countries that were like emerging d- democracies, right? right. Uh, you know, that you know, maybe hadn't achieved a total democratic process, but Russia's in the not trying democracy category. That's what I'm putting it in because they're just not even trying to be a democracy these days. It's really uh, disturbing and upsetting. Okay, well, that's why they're our friends. Where are you going? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, Liz? Who knows? Who knows what our relationship is? Can we just ask them to start trying, Julie? <laughs> we should ask them to start trying. That's we really should. If we they said need... it was important to us. Do you think they'd start trying? Yes. <laughs> They should try a little harder. Um, Malaysia, okay, they are trying very hard not to give back the body of Kim of Kim Jong Nam, he who is the half brother of Kim Jong Un. Now, as you remember, he was poisoned. He was poisoned by that very toxic nerve agent, and he has been sitting. I guess he's dead, and he's sitting in a freezer somewhere in Malaysia. He's been there for over six weeks, and the North Koreans want want that body back for some reason. Reason, but the Malaysians won't give it to him. So that is quite a situation. I, I don't know what they're going to do about that or how that stalemate is going to be resolved. But they, they, the Malaysian government feels like they have an ongoing investigation. They have not gotten to the bottom of that attack and murder. And uh, so they're, they're keeping the body. I, well, I mean, they do know what the guy died of, right? So whatever, yes. not that I'm taking the North Korean point of view, but I guess they're just going to have to keep it forever unless they want to let the North Korea, well, whatever, you know, the know. North Koreans obviously <laughs> want to dispute everything the Malaysians have said. So that's exactly. why they want to get their hands on the body. I know. Okay. Yeah. But it, it needs to go to some neutral third country, I guess, the body. Right. Okay. But they might have to use the same freezing uh, techniques that they've used for uh, Kim Jong-un's grandfather to to preserve this body, because I don't I don't know. I don't know enough about about preservation. But six weeks seems like a long time, you know, so uh, so we'll have to watch that. Okay. Uh, well, let's go turn to Jordan now, where, you know, there is one of the other travel bans that is out there is now for certain countries, uh, there is a laptop and small electronic ban that you cannot bring these on the plane. Uh, if you that. are, if you're traveling from, for example, the country of Jordan to Great Britain or to the United States, you have to check your laptop, your iPhone, you can't bring that on the plane. So this has caused, number one, a giant problem for parents that are traveling with small children because they really want those laptops and those iPads to keep the toddlers and the young children, you know, occupied where on these uh, long trips, but they're not able to do that. So I guess they have some TV on there, but as well, uh, the Royal Jordanian Airlines provided to their customers uh, a nice uh, little card that's in everyone's seat about what you could do now that you can't use your laptop or your phone while you're traveling on Royal Jordanian Airlines. And some of them were very pleasant, like you could read a book or have a snack, or you certainly gives you more time to shop for the duty-free items yes. that are sold on the plane. Yeah, get some leggings. Yeah, buy a couple of cartons of cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> some leggings. You can do that. 
Good leggings. You can change into your comfy leggings. You can do that. They also recommend on this little card that you turn and say hello to the person next to you. Uh, Liz, that made me laugh because I thought you wouldn't do that for all the money in the world. Or, you know, they said that you can just relax and that maybe you can uh, just appreciate the miracle of flight. Or you could pretend that your tray table is a keyboard and just practice your typing on that. (laughs) Are these real suggestions? These are real suggestions that Royal Jordanian Airlines put on a card uh, to hand out to the passengers who were obviously disoriented because they weren't able to have their small electronics on their flights, on the Royal Jordanian flights, that you could spend an hour deciding what you wanted to watch on the TV screen that they provide. That will help eat up some time. (laughs) Or that you could reclaim the territory on your armrest. Uh, (laughs) This is when I feel even more sorry for flight attendants. I know. Because... They are the front line on all of these things. And can you imagine how just like angry and cranky a lot of people are on these planes? Like we're just so used to distracting ourselves with our devices. Take our devices away and people go a little crazy. So I'm sorry. Plus your cell phone is really a link. It's like saying, give me your car keys. You know, I mean, it's really a link. So to check it and to not know if it's going to be on the other side, that's that. that I thought you could keep your cell phone, but nothing bigger. But whatever. No, it, you're not allowed to do that, Liz. You need to just not? sit in your... No, you have to pretend you're... Tra- you know, you have to just appreciate the miracle of flight. Um, you, just all of that. I don't know. Okay. And then finally, Italy. I This this sounds like a fantastic thing, but it's, it's quite controversial. Do you know that uh, they have a service in Italy called Gimamo, which is a social dining platform that brings together home chefs and diners. So you go to Italy on vacation and you want to eat a real home-cooked Italian meal. It's like an Airbnb for just for, for meals. Oh, that so sounds you can go, good. Doesn't that sound yes. delicious right. so that you would go to some Mamma Mia's house yeah. and she would make the bread and the pa- homemade pasta and mm, it's going to be delicious. Well, this is the Italian Restaurant Association is not happy about this uh, because it's, it's really gained in popularity. And basically, there are no rules for these home restaurants and that it forces and it creates an unfair competition with ter- traditional eateries that, you know, have to pay taxes and have that. So it's a real it's a real problem. But I suggest if you're going to Italy that you get in on this before they crack, <laughs> crack down on it. Because I think it sounds wonderful. Yes, you know? that does sound good. Yeah, it does. That, so it, the name of the, the website is Ginamo. It's G-N-A-M-M-N-O. Yeah. Okay, or something no like. one understood that. <laughs> what? How do you we'll, put it, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Just I'll go, put it in the show notes. Go yeah, to Ginamo. It's Ginamo. It's a social platform. So anyway, <laughs> there's some good eating in Italy if you get there now. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Okay. One other quick international note I wanted to mention, because I put it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group yesterday. There was a headline in the Daily Mail, which is a paper in the UK, that was a photo of the Prime Minister of England seated next to the Prime Minister of Scotland, uh, because they were together discussing what to do about Brexit. And uh, the headline that they put on this photo of these two heads of state sitting with each other was never mind Brexit, who won Lexit? <laughs> and it's because the two prime ministers are Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon, and they each have on skirts and hose and little heels. And so they chose in this newspaper headline to just focus on the ladies' legs. Rather than rather than the fact that they each run their own freaking country and they're trying to make these big economic decisions. So it just it seemed like an example of how, you know, the double standard, once again, of how women are always going to be judged by some physical attribute uh, rather than the fact that they're trying to, like, make some hard economic and political choices. So I posted it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group just with the headline, my note, like, oh, brother. But 
So people made a lot of comments there, but I wanted to call out the comment we got from Zella Meyer. Zella, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, She's British, and she wanted us to understand that the Daily Mail, which is where this headline is from, is a tabloid paper that panders to xenophobia, and uh, including, she said, in the run-up to the Second World War, backing the Nazis. So she really wanted us to understand that this was not a a regular British newspaper. But the problem is they have a very well-designed and user-friendly website. So people all over the world see, and it's true, they do come up on my Google search results all the time. Uh, because they're, it's so well designed, you see things. So she dislikes them and she occasionally used to go there, but now they've totally crossed the line for her and she never clicks on their links anymore. She goes to BuzzFeed instead because she thinks it's better, (laughs) more in-depth news coverage and better showbiz articles. You're right, Stella. Showbiz listicles, like top 10 noses, things like that. Yeah. So she's recommending BuzzFeed instead of the Daily Mail. So So I wanted to pass along uh, that piece of advice. We were going to do an Operation Sea Turtle update. I see that we're kind of running out of time here. So I'm going to save something for next week. Um, I was going to do Operation Sea Turtle, the interval training edition. And I will just give you the quick update that Operation Sea Turtle is going swimmingly in the mindfulness department. Uh, You know, I gave up that other... Uh, class that I had been going to with the passive aggressive meditation teacher. I tried a new class last night, sisters, and uh, at a different place. And, you know, I think I might be, I think I might be able to give it a go at this new environment. So more on that next week. That was the good news. The bad news is about interval training and that we're all supposed to be doing that. But I will give you more details on that next week on the Operation Sea Turtle uh, report, which is my health and wellness program. Julie? Yeah, I just have one question because one of the things I noticed when I was driving southbound on uh, on the 405 to go visit Liz is, of course, you know, it was Friday afternoon, terrible traffic. We had two, we had Google Maps and Waze operating. They took us off the freeway and we are picking our way through all these little neighborhoods on either side of the 405 trying to make it southbound. And I'm just wondering how many, and I was really struck with the fact that, the, you know, both Google Maps and Waze are directing hundreds of cars to come into these little residential neighborhoods that, you know, that never had a lot of traffic and now have a lot of traffic because of these these traffic apps and whether that's happening in your neighborhoods. I'd like to know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I know it is an issue. I, I don't see it in ours so much, but I see it in other neighborhoods that used to be like, my secret way to get somewhere. And now it's everyone's secret way. So yeah, Yeah. it's definitely an issue. I'd be interested to know listeners all over the country, if that's happening. Right. If you live in these nice residential, people had homemade signs up like slow down, go around, don't come here. You know, yeah, definitely on the West side of LA that is happening in a lot of places. So now they have to add in speed bumps on some of these streets because the apps are directing so much extra traffic there. Yeah, I don't like it as somebody who that just lives in a nice, quiet neighborhood. But I also don't even like it as a driver. Yeah, like some of the you know how they, these apps constantly ask you, you can save one minute, except now, like, <laughs> new route, except, except. Like, I, like if it's going to take me ten minutes longer to get somewhere, but I'm not going over the river and through the woods, I'm I'm sticking with that. But that's part of the, I suppose, get off my lawn approach. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Just accepting some of this new technology is hard. It doesn't make your life easier. It just means you're driving through people's little neighborhoods where their kids used to be able to play in the street and now they can't. Right. Right. It would really make you mad. And, you know, that was the point of freeways is to to keep the traffic in one place and to not, you know, to keep the neighborhood streets safer. Like there's a reason we put in freeways. So. I know it does. I'm with you, Liz. I try, you know, I don't go into other people's neighborhoods like that. I don't follow the, I, I stay in the heavy traffic. I just stay in the heavy, heavy traffic and suck it up. And I, I put on my leggings and I just get in traffic. <laughs> just gonna... Okay. So on next week's show, we want to talk about Google Maps. How do you feel about all of this? I also want to talk next week about 
Venmo. There was an article in the LA Times this week that cash is so passe. And I just, I'm sorry to hear that, frankly. So (laughs) we need to discuss that. Uh, And uh, yeah, yeah, just this sort of resistance. When I listen to some of our older shows, the 10-year-old shows that I post on Sundays that are the new-to-you shows, and I hear us poo-pooing these newfangled inventions like this thing called Twitter, I know that we're sort of losing our coolness as the early adopters of new technology, but not everything is good. Not not all change makes your life better. Anyway, so uh, so more on that next week. You can post on the, in the Facebook group your opinions about that. Hey, thanks to everybody who has signed up to come to the Satellite Sisters Ask Us Anything, April 22nd at the Santa Monica Public Library. There is going to be quite a crew at that hotel there, so that's fantastic. 30 of you are staying there, so talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) Self-organize. Do whatever you want until our appearance uh, Tuesday, Saturday afternoon at 2 at the Santa Monica Public Library, but that should be fun. But if you're not staying in the hotel, come on down. Free Free, all five of us, Santa Monica Public Library, April 22nd. And then no host bar afterwards. Leggings, completely acceptable. Everybody wear <laughs> leggings. No pajamas. You got to get dressed up a little. <laughs> it is really going to be fun. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are you guys doing this week? Anything? Anything? Yeah, I'm going to work on my outfit to wear to the big event. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a I have a friend visiting in town this week. My friend Robin is here with her family on because it's spring break in Oregon. So that's going to be fun. Sort of hanging out. We're actually going to I convinced her to go to body sculpting with me tomorrow, Leanne. (laughs) Okay. Liz, you're just making it. You're like a life coach now. You have a you're a <laughs> boss emeritus. You're a life coach. You're a personal trainer. You're just you're really sure. breaking through. Really breaking through <laughs> in your free time. Uh, okay, we'll have a fantastic week. Anything else we have to? Anything else we got going on? I think that's it. No, uh, that's no. it. I think that's it, Lynn. <laughs> okay, Julie and I have to do the Madam Secretary recap. Oh my God, that was a great episode. Can I say it was a very, it was a very solid episode. If you didn't get to see it, you can listen to our recap. Yeah, yeah it was jam packed. There was a, there was, I was doing our outline and writing down all the storylines, and there were like twelve storylines. I mean, there were so mm-hmm. many storylines, uh, including one about Cupcake Wars, which the best, love it. That was love, funny. <laughs> love Cupcake Wars. So broccoli frosting. So we're gonna do that after this show, All right, Everybody, have a great week. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.